0: This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast episode 352 for the week of January 5th, 2014. <laughs> Up, hey, also, welcome to a Shu, Shoe, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site.
1: Konsens Shoe.
0: That's right. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in Hope So Enlightening. And, and a little bit of entertaining as well. What up? Name is Mike, Vegito EX, joining me across a very cold internet pipe. Mr. Hugiosar Heath. It needs to warm up. <laughs> so cold. It really does. So cold. So we'll record a podcast. That works. Yeah oh my gosh it's 2014 mike it is uh and it just now occurred to me all right it's january a new year that means it's officially a new anniversary for the website sorta because i mean it's comes into you now but if you track things all the way back to vegeto ex's ultimate dbz links page on aol circa 1998 1998 that is Ooh. correct Shortly thereafter into Vegito EX's homepage, I think by March, because I had already been recording wave files and stuff. I was like, well, I have a full website. I might as well title this not a-links page. So I did that, and the next year is Dazenchu EX, and then Kansan Tai came along in 2005, and 2012 Shu. Here we are.
1: What? What? Trip down memory trail.
0: Yep, so here we are. It's a fresh new year, the first episode of a new year, or the last episode of a previous year. What we'd like to do is go over all the major news stories from the year, and then we make predictions for the upcoming year, and then we check in on our predictions from the last year. We are not doing that this episode.
1: Oh, Uh, No. Yep,
0: I've been tricked. (laughs) Things are a little busy right now, and Julian has taken ill. He's not, like, super sick, but...
1: Yeah, he has, like, a throat infection. Throat
0: infection, and uh, he has claimed his spot on the show, so we will let him heal up. Also, his family is visiting him over there in Japan, so give him a little bit of time. So, Heath, that leaves you and I on a backup plan for this episode, and it was one of those things that came together at the very last seconds, like, wait a minute, that's actually a really goddamn good idea.
1: I, I think this is really awesome. I think people enjoy it. And I i know when we were talking about it, we were both pretty excited. It's like, this is actually pretty cool.
0: So here's the thing. I mean, I've been running a Dragon Ball website since 1998. Everyone here involved on... Well, I shouldn't say everyone, <laughs> because <laughs> Julian and Jake, not so much. But the rest of us. So you and I, and then Mary actually has a year on me. We've been here... The entire time that Funimation has existed as a company producing and releasing Dragon Ball in North America. <laughs> the official third-party historians, because you need to unbiased historian yes, non-propaganda. That's true. Uh, so we are going to dive into the history. So as you are probably quite aware, if you follow Shu and any Dragon Ball news anywhere, Funimation decided, let's do Dragon Ball Z on Blu-ray Again, so we have the new season sets coming out. Uh, I just got mine in. I have not even put it into the PS3 to watch yet. So, I'm getting there. We'll do a formal review at some point. But again, if you've been following Consenchu, you, you know that we Recently put up q and A Q&A session uh, with Funimation about the new Blu Ray sets. So I, I think Heath, as part of our news, because it's kind of been a little bit slow lately, we'll briefly touch on some of those questions. But our topic this week, and this was brought up by the Blu Ray coming in and me saying, "Hey, well, I own every single release that has come out since Funimation started. Let me throw them all together and put a picture up." Well, the internet
1: decided this was the greatest picture ever. I agree, except that it's not. Direct- ballsy movie one.
0: (laughs) No, no, but it's really close. It's really close. Again, because I've been here the whole time, I own every single last release that Funimation has put out of Raditz, because we're talking about the beginning of DBZ, all the way back to Arrival on VHS, all the way up through now. So we are going to go through those releases. When did they come out? What was on them? What separated them from the previous release? What was the marketing speak at the time? We'll take a trip down memory lane up through today with all All of those releases. That'll be our topic this week. I think it's going to be fun to look back at it. That's what I got on tap for us this week, man.
1: I'm excited. I'm ready for this.
0: All right. So uh, just in terms of real quick content we have up on the site, uh, if you want to check out the top five stories of 2013, that'll get you prepped for when we do our big recap of
1: 2013. Uh, Spoiler, all five are Battle of Gods. I was going to say, it's very heavily Battle of Gods. (laughs) Were you surprised by that at all? No. (laughs) No. It's the biggest thing that happened in the entire year. So, Oh my god. The Funimation Blu-ray set was close,
0: at number six, but at the end it did not quite make it there. So you can check that out uh, and we're going to talk about the Funimation Q&A uh, shortly and other than that, the last thing we had up was uh, the last podcast
1: episode. Did you check out the uh, talk with Karen about Battle of Z at all? I did not because I hadn't played it yet.
0: Ah, I see. I did see that you were talking about you download the demo, trying to figure out how to play it and all that. How'd that go for you? Not too bad.
1: Yeah. It actually, I, I was quite surprised that I liked it more than I did all right that's good that's good so So
0: play the demo a little more and i think mm -hmm. this is the way to do it play the game a little bit go back and listen to the podcast episode and i think uh for myself it certainly changed my whole perspective on the game and it sounds like it did for other folks so that's my recommendation for you and everyone will do all righty so with that said uh i guess let's talk about what little non-news we had Heath, we had been working on this for, uh, it was back at the beginning of November that Funimation came to us and said, hey, uh, you want to do a Q&A about the new Blu-rays? And our first response was...
1: "We Well, we had a, a big in-house discussion of... Do- they realize who they're asking. Right. Uh,
0: and I, I mean, how much Funimation internal stuff can we give away that we know? I mean, it's all public information. How many brand managers they've gone through, marketing staff. I mean, there's a couple marketing staff that have been there for a while. But there's there's been turnover at that company. That's all public knowledge. It's all up there. You can check that mm-hmm. out. So... Like, today's Funimation people, do they know our perspective on the orange bricks? I I have to imagine that someone at some point did. We know for a fact at some point. Someone did. Are these the same people? Do they know? Why are they asking us? Because this is a crop to release on principle alone. We're pretty much all out here. So there were a lot of questions of why are they coming to us? What do they want to accomplish with this? What do we want to accomplish with this? So we decided, all right, we'll bite. We'll open things up to everyone. We got questions from all you folks on the website, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Google. So we collected a whole bunch of questions. We tried to narrow it down to around like 10 or so of the best questions questions that covered everything, not just the video. And
1: kind of lumped them together because we did get a lot of questions that were relatively the same.
0: We did. A lot of similar stuff. It was like, well, this one combines with this to form a better open-ended question. So I did a lot of that kind of stuff. We didn't want to give them yes or no questions. Uh, as you can tell from the answers, we we kind of forced them to dive into things a little bit. So, Heath, we talked about the video, the audio, the packaging, um, alternate uh, audio. We got a lot of questions. Lots of people. I only listed a few names here. What's up with the Latin American dub? <laughs> a lot of people were asking me about that <laughs> from the old uh, Ultimate Uncut. So we'll talk about that in our talk. A little bit. So I, I think we covered pretty much everything from marketing to the product itself, and these were the questions and these were the answers we got back. Uh, I've seen a lot of responses on our site, on plenty of other sites, lots of places linking this Q and A session, uh, talking about it on other sites. What is your? All right. So knowing that most of the v- The news posts on our site are without additional commentary, and the podcast gives us a chance to kind of editorialize a little bit. That's what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. Keith, what is your kind of raw take on the answers we got back?
1: My initial response was to text you and say, Mike... I think I could have written half of these answers.
0: Well, those sure are (laughs) answers.
1: Yes. Some of it, I mean, you get a lot of industry speak, sort of business speak to it of this is why we did it. And I fully understand where they're coming from because they're a business. It makes sense. You don't want to alienate people, but you want to answer the question, but you don't want to seem like you're purposely not answering the question.
0: Yeah, you don't want to completely appear like you have your head in the sand, but at the same time... You're a marketing department. These are marketing answers. They are going to be what they're going to be.
1: Some I was surprised at. Some of them I was not at all surprised. And some were just kind of, really, that's the angle you're going to take on this?
0: Well, let's let's talk about some of the surprises. I was not expecting to get the line art for the covers. That was kind of a nice surprise there to see. I
1: know. When we first got the email and they said, attached are these illustrations that we got from Toy Animation in reference to the first question. We're like, what? Whoa! Oh, that's
0: cool. And I was fully expecting to get a season assist from Toei that next day from putting those up. So hopefully they cleared it with someone somewhere. I guess since I hope they, so. Since they commissioned the art in the first place, it's probably okay for them to be tossing this out. But here it's over.
1: really nice to see that they did actually consult someone at Toei Animation. And in a way, I'm not quite that surprised by it. But the fact that they actually said, here's the line art, that's what I'm really surprised at.
0: Right. And I mean, we we happened to kick off with the packaging style of things. So I think that gave them a really good (laughs) kind of first step in to the answers here. All right. So what were some of your other surprises in the answers?
1: First off was the survey data, how they said that that was only one of the factors that they used. And they looked at the performance of the level sets and the orange bricks, right? Which I was like, well, can you really use those as a reference for something you're doing now that's kind of competing with those and one that you just outright canceled, even though it seemed to get really good reception? Because we've never really learned how well the level sets did. So are they indicating that they did poorly? That's super
0: weird. They really dance around how successful certain things were beyond the orange bricks, which we know were uh, consistent sellers over time for years and years.
1: And one of the things that we even talked about was the fact that Funimation themselves is using this moniker of orange bricks, something (laughs) that we've forever been harassed about by people. I can't believe you calling it. It's so condescending. When it seems like in-house at Funimation, that's what they're called. It's just become the all-around, this is what this release is referred to. Specifically capitalized as Orange bricks yes
0: i mean for those who don't know bricks this is the industry name for that type of packaging there is no pejorative naming scheme Mm -hmm. going on here that's what they're called and they just happen
1: to be orange
0: and then we also called green bricks and blue bricks it's not like we're showing any non-favoritism here so let's all move on from that all right so heath where i want to go here in terms of the kind of surprise was what i thought was a really fair question and that was Look, you put this out. Two months later, you announced this. One month later, this Mm -hmm. was wrapping up. All the meanwhile, Kai was on TV. It's the breathing room question, which we've talked extensively here on the podcast Why are you
1: competing with yourself with the same product?
0: So my surprise here was that Kai has its own independent creative team at Funimation, where they essentially treat it as a separate IP, intellectual property. Mm -hmm. And in theory, that makes sense. In practice, well... I can probably tell you it's not making sense, right?
1: Not when everyone lumps it together. It has Dragon Ball Z in the title.
0: Well, and they added the Z I back mean, to it. Well, I mean, did Toei force them to add the Z back? And that's what it sounds like.
1: Right. But... Well, it's, it's one of those odd questions, though, because do they treat Dragon Ball as a separate property from Dragon Ball Z, from Dragon Ball GT?
0: Well, yeah, of course.
1: So in a sense, then it does make a little bit of sense why they would consider it different. But at the same time... It's nothing like anything else we've ever seen where it is so closely associated with the original series it's based on.
0: Kai is not replacing Dragon Ball or competing with, it's not the same underlying footage. That's the thing. Kai is the exact same footage as Z. Yes, different dub. Yes, different music. Dub's on both the original Japanese voice side and the English side. Again, just like you said, it's so different from anything that has pretty much ever existed before. No one goes back and redoes their show with the same footage. So, I mean, it's all a, a learning experience, I think, for Toei and for Funimation here, but I still question, was that the right decision? Does that remain the right decision? You're saying they literally said we don't want to compete with ourselves. I'm sorry, guys, you are competing with yourselves. Kai is competing with DBZ. People don't know the difference. The difference has never been properly communicated. Mm-mm.
1: I Well, I said from the get-go, when they first announced they were bringing it over, I was really, really surprised. There was absolutely no explanation as to what dragon ball z kai was or the fact that it was happening in japan or that it was an anniversary series like Uh any there was nothing it was as if funimation just said hey here's a series. Well, they had those
0: it. banners across the top. That was what? All killer, no filler, that kind of thing. Yeah, But there's still a the perception that Kai is a censored release of Dragon Ball. And that's the weirdest thing to me, that people think Kai is the kiddie version, whereas Funimation's original dub of the series that aired on Toonami was always the more kiddie version of a kiddie show anyway. I mean, yeah. let's not dance around that, but there's some really, really hard perception problems out there. I do do not envy their position at all. I mean, they're in the position of having to sell it. We're in the position of just documenting things. We can say whatever we want and pitch it however we want. We don't have to, you know, at the end of the day, sell so many box sets. So I was kind of surprised by that answer. And uh, I'm not entirely convinced that um, anyone, Toei included, made the right decision on a whole lot of stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I guess the one else? that didn't surprise me the most was the fact that they said they were basically using the orange bricks as the blueprint for this release. I guess that that didn't really shock me. I thought we saw that kind of coming.
0: Of course. I mean, we're talking episode count, widescreen, all that jazz. It's. I mean, basically, all right, that sold well. What was that? Let's do exactly that, only let's do it now on Blu-ray.
1: Which goes back to me asking the question, if you're telling us that the level sets didn't do very well, and that this survey that you put out, it was only one of the factors, did it really have that much weight to it if you just decide, let's go with the best product we had previously? And 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 I use the term best product Very loosely, as in it did the best.
0: You know, one thing I do want to point out is a lot of people refer to it as a poll. Why didn't we ever get the results from the poll? It wasn't a public poll. It was an internal data collection survey for them to make business decisions off of. So Mm -hmm. we're never going to be privy to every single answer there. Um, I know a lot of people still ask us, what were the results? We don't know. You're
1: never going to know. I I know that we've asked and we don't know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So if they're not going to tell, then... Time to put it to rest.
0: You know, something, this was, I think, one of, (laughs) I put in quotes, harder hitting. It's not like we're the epitome of journalistic Dragon Ball integrity here, but I asked about the the, the Phoenix Systems line of products that they purchased, which they heavily promoted. Phoenix themselves heavily promoted. They put out a press release that Funimation Mm -hmm. bought our stuff. They're using it on DBZ. I mean, everything we heard with the level sets was, this is the best way to do it. We are so excited. We're respecting things, all that. And, all right, well, Why is all of that different now? And I think that's going to kind of nicely segue to our topic shortly about release after release after release. What did they say each time along the way? How many times can you tell your consumer, oh, no, 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 that wasn't the best. This
1: is the best. And how many times can you throw out the term remastering without really... Truly remastering. I
0: don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I certainly appreciate the answers. I thought we got some good tidbits out of there. We did learn Mm -hmm. some stuff at the same time. A lot of it was exactly as we expected. And I don't damn them for that in any way. I mean, that's what their job is. Uh, I wanted to make sure that we were not going to be used in a way, if that makes any sense for mm-hmm. the for these Q&As um I am suspect of the timing a little bit cuz we were working on this for a while there were quite a few follow-ups uh, we get the answers in time for the release to come out as opposed to ahead of the release so you know there's there's that question in the back of my head what's going on there but yeah, we got the answers. I again appreciate that.
1: I was kind of surprised we got the answers. Yeah, <laughs> for a while, it was like, like, did they forget about us? Oh,
0: <laughs> we were heading into holidays. I mean, I again,
1: yeah, I, it, it was. I don't blame this them.
0: entire time was Thanksgiving into Christmas. So
1: well, and I know they had a pretty big snowstorm down there. They did as well. So yeah, well, yeah Texas slammed. Well, yeah, when you don't have snow plows, but you get a lot of snow, <laughs> what do you? It's kind of hard. <laughs>
0: So there we are. I guess that's going to bring us uh, out of the news. There really hasn't been anything. I think there's been some J-Stars stuff that we need to catch up on, but uh, you ready? Let's
1: get to the exciting stuff. Topic
0: it up. So Heath, this picture contains one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten releases, and there's actually another two. We'll talk about that at the very, very, very end of our topic here. So we are looking at ten distinct individual releases. Some of these are re-releases of the exact same content. Uh, I mean that in terms of. Not just the footage, but literally everything about the product itself, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of its slight differences, like a musical score change. So let's take it all the way back. Um, we have to start with the obligatory, the Ocean Dub was always Funimation's dub answer.
1: But was distributed by Pioneer.
0: Right. Uh, distributed home video by Pioneer, distributed by Saban on mm-hmm. syndication TV broadcast. Always a Funimation production. Gen Fukunaga, executive producer. Daniel Kokenhauer. was that his name? Hmm.
1: Can't remember. That sounds about right. Him
0: and Barry Watson doing all the heavy lifting on this. Always Funimation. 1996 is uh, when Funimation. Well, I guess we can take it back to you. 1994. Company founded 1995. Tried the first 13 episodes of Dragon Ball, the first movie that didn't work. Went to DBZ the next year, 1996. We got 53 edited English dubbed episodes over the course of 96 to 98, as well as a TV edited three part episode-ish version of DBZ movie three, and then things wrapped up with uh, uncut dubbed and English subtitle versions of DBZ movies one through three on VHS, DVD, and Laserdisc. Always Funimation even when Pioneer was distributing the home video release. So things kicked off. This was a very fun one. Arrival. The VHS came out, I believe '97 is what the back of my box said. The DVD didn't come out until ninety-nine. Remember, DVDs mm-hmm. were still kind of new on the scene. The Matrix you think of is uh the biggest DVD release to really get things going.
1: So well I remember going to my local Sun Coast video. Yes. And and buying the entire sane conflict. Oh yeah, did you? And on VHS, uh huh, and then all of a sudden DVD started coming out. By the time they got through uh, all of VHS, and I, went so I was I was buying
0: page. them all VHS one by one. I yep. got
1: I got through the Cyonark. So,
0: uh-huh. um, so Arrival this was the most different from any of the home video releases. It was four episodes, but they were edited together without opening and ending themes, without eye catches, as one giant long episode kind of like a theatrical thing we've seen similar things over the years where maybe a two-part ova would be edited together and released as one movie um arrival was i don't think ever marketed as a movie but it kind of had that feel to it where it was uh, the whole thing it really did there.
1: It, it was just kind of one of those odd things almost like they decided if we're gonna put four episodes on a vhs tape maybe we shouldn't include the opening and ending mm-hmm. titles and, right i don't know But the way it ran, there was almost no break in between episodes, if I remember correctly.
0: Correct. I mean, it would fade down where commercial break was, but it would come right back in fade right right back up uh and all the other releases after that were three episodes i can't remember if there was another four episode one there may have been toward the end but uh arrival was very different from all the other ones at that point so that kind of kicked things off for funimation uh we got the vhs and the dvd now i know tanuki is probably the uh mastermind of all arrival releases there was something like the the standard one that I have with Goku doing the Kamehameha, and then there was an alternate cover yeah. with Goku holding Gohan from Head Hedgehala. Was it advertised as like the action version versus the something or other version? I don't remember the exact I details.
1: I just remember seeing it. I never owned it.
0: Right. All of the Pioneer releases, especially the DVD ones, would have kind of one of their bonus materials would be not trailers, but kind of like static screenshots of their entire catalog you could order. Um, yeah. I think this is where we saw some of it. I think he actually got one at one point and I can't remember if it ended up being literally the exact same content or if it was the original broadcast version where episodes one and two had some of the alternate lines, which you know we'll get later in the Rock the Dragon uh, edition that we'll talk about things like I smell death in the air, that kind of stuff. Um, but there were two editions of it. Seems like they were pretty much the exact same thing. Uh, the DVD release was the subsequently <laughs> further edited version with, oh no, this isn't good, instead of, I can smell death in the air. That's that. And that was it for a long time. This was uh, the whole span of years where, yes, Funimation was in charge, but they sublicensed their home distribution to what was then Pioneer, later became Geneon. That sublicense expired, I believe it was in 2003. And that Gave Funimation the chance to go back and redub and re release those episodes. And that is what led to the Ultimate Uncut Edition in
1: 2005. I remember when those first came on Toonami. <laughs> Do you? Well, I remember oh, getting yeah.
0: the home release. This was, uh, I, I think, the the start of a trend for Funimation the fans could always point back to of, well, you canceled that release on me.
1: This is where it all starts. It really did. Do- well, I mean, everything kind of snowballs. It sort of out.
0: started maybe with like the VHS release of the first Dragon Ball TV series, but. I mean VHS let's I already said this before let's not damn them for that (laughs) yeah it kind of made sense so the ultimate uncut edition came out 2005 this Saiyan showdown was the first release here came out in April 2005 this only had three episodes so we're already a downgrade from arrival the three episode DVDs uh, first three episodes of DBZ this was completely redubbed by Funimation on the English side so no longer the Ocean Studios cast and now as they were saying at the time the Voices You Know and Love. Uh, do you remember all the commercials for the Ultimate Uncut Edition?
1: Yeah, I remember all the garbled Japanese that wasn't Japanese. Right.
0: It was one of those <laughs> replacement fonts where it would just literally substitute a kana for a letter that did not... Nece- I say not necessarily. Yeah. It never did. It correspond to what the actual sound was. Uh, and Julian at the time, back in 05, would lovingly transliterate all of what the garbage kana was. So that was always fun times so the the ultimate uncut edition was advertised as the voices you know and love was this the way it was meant to be seen
1: um i believe wasn't that the orange bricks or did that start here yeah
0: the voices we love and the way it was meant to be seen and uh we do have this here yanena raichiru noya rachimo henna chi hoya yamatsuna mona naho the way it was meant to be seen yep Complete gibberish. <laughs> so, I mean, that was fun for those of us who could look at it and be like, "Um, wait a minute. But this was also a glimpse at, look, they're, they're kind of playing up the Japanese-ness of it, though they would never go so far as to promote watching the Japanese version like they would talk about the original uncut Japanese footage it's not like Mm -hmm. Funimation is going to advertise the original Japanese audio track over their English dub again that makes
1: total business sense I sure whatever not when you put that much capital into it right Uh, but to see
0: them playing up the Japanese ish niche of it that was interesting that's the only word I can use to think of it
1: well it's also at the point, by 2005, most people know what anime is and where it comes from. Right, I mean... We Whereas were, in 1996, sure. it was kind of a, what's this cartoon? Yeah, you we know, were
0: hitting the, the peak of the domestic anime industry, 2005. I mean, the series was still playing on... Tsunami on Cartoon Network, five days a week, I think, at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, heading toward 2007 was kind of like the make-it-or-break-it point, I think, both in the U.S. and Japan for Dragon Ball. kind of weird around that time. What else about the Ultimate Uncut Edition? All right, so we had the three episodes. It did have a featurette on there, I think, with uh, Shemmel and Sabat talking about their roles. Was it Goku versus Vegeta? They really got yep. to dig into their performances and how it changed and what they loved about the characters. There are some shots of folks at anime conventions, uh, there was, was it like a flying Nimbus feature or something like that? It had a couple extras. This was that trend of, all right, the first thing we put out is going to have some extras and we're just going to forget about this as we move forward.
1: It's kind of incentive to buy. And then they hope the completionist in you will just keep buying.
0: Right. And this is also the time of the box Plus one that you would buy, where we still were right. at the point of. I mean, Funimation disrupted the entire industry basically single handedly. Um, when we get to the orange bricks, but we were still doing single discs. So what they would do, they would sell you volume one that came with a box that would hold the entirety of the series
1: or that season. And then didn't some come with like a, a figure? Yeah, yeah. I think this one actually yep. did as
0: well. The the box plus one. Uh, and then as we got to Vegeta Saga two with the box plus one, well, that's when it got canceled. So you ended. up up with a box that could never be filled because the product never actually came out
1: oh all those wasted boxes
0: yep so the ultimate uncut edition that got through nine or ten yeah nine releases sign saying invasion uh on may 16th 2006 so that only ran for about a year before that was Mm -hmm. canceled and that was a weird time because it was a very
1: it was a very weird cancellation
0: it was it was completely silent and then it was not orange yet at the time it was the same yellow as the dragon boxes would Mm -hmm. end up being believe it or not the yellow complete vegeta set on five discs i think it was first announced something like that it's like wait what is going on and i mean you can dig back i think we've archived a lot of this funimation was like uh we have nothing to say right now please stay tuned
1: because it it listings started leaking online like on amazon and mm-hmm. things like that right right People like wait what the heck is this
0: and we already had cover art for the next two ultimate uncuts like that stuff was coming out there but it wasn't actually coming out there so this ended up being the orange bricks which started in 2007 so we've gone from 97 99 2005 to 2007 here again we are at dbz bonanza popularity time frame here uh i don't i was long past the point of even occasionally tuning into tsunami um 2007 i mean it wasn't even on my radar anymore i don't know if the show was still airing but uh obviously the popularity was huge through the video games i mean this is the time that we were getting like four video games a year you look between the sparking and super dbz and infinite world was 2008 and in japan you got like battle stadium don um jump superstar jump ultimate star sure some of them are crossovers but the amount of dragon ball in the video game front was overwhelming for a few years there dragon ball was huge still in 2007 now at the time this was God damn it, Funimation, you canceled my release. And I think a lot of people are still bitter because we're still feeling the repercussions over not being able to get a certain number of episodes from the Frieza arc in its original 4x3 aspect ratio, asterisk, unless you have Dragon Box 2. But we're not quite at the Dragon Box. We're at the Orange Bricks here. In retrospect, it was the right business decision and they made a killing.
1: Oh, they absolutely killed it. I mean, <laughs> I can only imagine what the the gross sales on this was. I mean, it's, this is the thing that's insane.
0: Still on the shelf at Target, at Walmart, you get this into Walmart at the right price. That's exactly mm-hmm. what you need. That's going to be an impulse purchase for
1: folks. Um, and they nailed. It. A lot of the times, I mean, you can buy them for dirt cheap. You go on to Amazon, you're like, you know, thirteen bucks, right? Sure. Right, will it. They, they're
0: still having those, I don't want to call them flash sales, but sometimes they are flash sales and gold box deals. And especially during the uh, Christmas season, they had them up there. I know. Which leads us to wonder, are the orange bricks still going to compete with a product that they have out here now? Because people always thought the orange bricks were HD. They never understood because partially of the way they advertise these. So let's talk about yes. it. So the way they advertise the orange bricks, it was the most authoritative, loving respectful featurette about how they treated the footage. And it was the most artistically disgusting thing I think any of us ever saw.
1: It was atrocious to sit down and watch that. If you know what you're actually watching and what everything actually means. Oh, it was horrifying.
0: I mean, from the fake, I, yeah. the fake video noise introduced on the, the left and right thing and everything that they pumped into Franco's mouth. It was astonishing, but they had all the right things. And I want to take it back to a new high definition remaster of the series. A lot of people still didn't understand, like, well, I have an upscaling DVD player and this is an HD master. So I'm watching this in HD.
1: But it's on a DVD. I know, but I continue to see lots
0: and lots and lots. It's not a one-off thing. People still think the orange bricks for HD because, well, widescreen, that means HD. They're telling me it's an HD remaster. Well, that means I'm watching this in HD. So it's a lot of the uh, confusion in the marketing. Maybe it's purposeful misinformation, disinformation in the the marketing there. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't that nefarious, but I think it was I just not. a repercussion that they have to deal with now in 2013. Well, 2014 now, where it's, I thought this was HD. Well, it was made from an HD remaster, but it's on DVD, and you, know, you have to do that whole Sonic and Dance there to explain, which is what Fenimation has to do every time, is explain how is this different from the last one?
1: Well, especially when every time you release something, it's this is how you're supposed to watch it. This is the definitive version. Right. But why do we have five definitive versions? That's
0: it. We, we definitely started getting the word definitive thrown around left and right around here. Um... I can tell you that by the time the third Orange Brick came out, they were no longer using the word uh, widescreen in their advertisements, mm-hmm. which was really, really curious because they certainly embraced
1: it. Basically, by that season three release, they had dropped a lot of the jargon right. that they had been using because I think there was such huge backlash or and just mass confusion that fans didn't know. And they were very confused. Information said, I think we need to just wholesale... Drop this stuff and we'll just keep going.
0: <laughs> and it's easy to say, no, there wasn't. You're wrong. That was just in your little insular community. There was no confusion. Well, explain to me why they dropped the word widescreen from their advertisements for seasons three through nine. I mean, it, you have direct evidence that there was something going on there. Why would they change the wording on that kind of stuff if there wasn't a problem there? So just kind of toss that out there. So we had the orange bricks from uh, 07 to 09. And then just a couple months later up. Uh, dragon boxes hooray
1: and there was much rejoicing
0: so i was i was there live and in person at the uh, otakon panel when the dragon boxes were announced and we all know what the dragon boxes are japan toei pony canyon the only home release of the tv series that ever existed in japan this is the remaster they did uh two giant box sets and then individual dvds after the Everything was out. Funimation licensed the DBZ master for the TV series. We got it spread across seven boxes over here. Very limited release. Uh, certain ones, particularly Dragon Box 2. I'm not lying when I say that this reaches $400 on the secondhand market. We've seen it on eBay. We've seen it on our forum. People hawking this left and right for multiple hundreds of dollars. That is indeed true. You either love the Dragon Box or you hate it. I mean, we're talking about, um. Mm-hmm. I guess, to explain the Dragon Box, we have to note that the Orange Bricks did have, for the first time, and this is a pretty big oversight for us to not mention just a second ago, Uh, the three audio tracks. Actually, we need uh-huh. to dive Uh, back to the ultimate uncut edition which had the the spanish dub on it that got canceled people were hoping it'd be in the orange bricks it wasn't so then the orange bricks introduced uh for the first time the english dub with the original japanese score on it so we had three audio tracks we had the english dub with the japanese track the english dub with the replacement broadcast tsunami music and then the original japanese audio track the dragon box reduced that down to two this was the presentation of the Japanese version. So the default audio track is actually the Japanese language track. And then there is a dub included, which we can say that they officially stated at one point was an afterthought to even include on there. Funimation's words, not ours, was the Mm -hmm. English dub with the original Japanese audio track. So we had a reduction of audio tracks here. Now, where I want to talk about the Dragon Boxes isn't really the content. It's the marketing because... I can tell you that multiple people in the Otakon audience, when this trailer started playing, we thought it was some kind of team four star DBZ abridged commercial. If you go back and watch that first trailer, Funimation's first trailer for the first Dragon Box, it's Chris Sabat's Vegeta kind of yelling at you. And for me, not, really, you know, having that voice in my head all the time, I immediately thought a yelling Vegeta as abridged. Mary did as well. We independently confirmed this with each other afterward. Heath, speak to this, the treatment of the advertising for the Dragon Boxes versus the advertising for the Orange Bricks.
1: They knew their target audience and they went for it.
0: But the Dragon Box target audience was not the mainstream audience. It was... It was us. So why were they advertising it in a way that, I don't want to say it was off-putting, because I could easily dismiss it. I'm all about the product. I don't, I don't care how you tell me yeah, about it. But.
1: but at the same time, I know like from my perspective, I never saw any of the commercials. Like, I never went out of my way okay. to see the commercials. You didn't have to. And so- it was more, I knew the boxes were coming out, right. and that's all I cared about. I wasn't like, I need to go see the promo for this. You know, But they it just still didn't had
0: to advertise it in a way. And I think they couldn't get away immediately after the Orange Bricks with another authoritative, kind of very respectful film fireside yes. chat setting kind of explanation
1: of why it was different. Of right. here's what we did. This is why this is an awesome release. Also, they didn't
0: actually do this remaster, so they couldn't speak to it in that regard, but they could still talk about it. So I
1: think. But it was really odd that in every commercial they'd bring on some character, you know, from the series that would basically funimationize what they were saying, as in, really play it up, be really boastful about it. And just kind of almost in your face. Which is you know? weird,
0: because it's not like that was even the default audio track when you went and popped in I your know. Dragon Box discs. You'd never hear these characters this way.
1: I, yeah, it was really odd. I think the oddest thing that a lot of people found was when they bought the Dragon Box, and it came with this little leaflet attached to the back, uh-huh. explaining what a hardcore fan was. Right, right. It's like, really? Okay. So does why... Didn't they release, you know, the orange bricks with a leaflet? Whatever. It was just really odd. A lot of the advertising, a lot of what they did to promote it, it just it seemed so odd for the target audience that they were going after. It's almost like they were trying to combine it with... Not the target audience to maybe kind of pull some of those people in to boost sales. I'm I'm not really sure.
0: Originally produced in limited quantities in Japan, the incredibly rare Dragon Box has long been the ultimate prize for avid Dragon Ball Z collectors. Now, this coveted collection has been reproduced for the first time in the United States, delivering the authentic original Dragon Ball Z experience to hardcore fans.
1: See, and I love how they they phrase it on there. How authentic this is. How you know, it's the original. There's
0: more. There's more.
1: It just, but that line alone to me blows my mind compared to how they've advertised everything. Else. All right. Well, you're going to hear
0: some familiar phrases as this ad
1: continues here.
0: Well, I guess add copy. The battle to harness the power of the seven Dragon Balls explodes in vivid detail like never before. The Dragon Box features over 40 uncut episodes, remastered and restored frame by frame, rendering the legendary action in pristine clarity. Each episode is presented in Japanese with the complete opening and closing credits and includes the original episode previews. Truly the essential addition for Dragon Ball Z purists, this set isn't an addition to your archive. It is your archive. Your wish is finally granted. The Dragon Box is here. So Heath, frame by frame, uh, pristine, all these words. I mean, that's how you advertise a remaster. But the fact is, we've already heard this once before, and we're going to hear it at least two more times.
1: It just It's like Japan decided to use the term frame by frame, <laughs> right. remastering, and... Everybody decided, well, we need to use that, too, because if it's not frame by frame, then it's not remastered.
0: Funimation was saying that with the orange bricks, which Steve Franco independently confirmed was not the case. That was not remastered frame by frame. It was an automated process. Yeah. An automated process that touched each frame. So I suppose you could say it was. That's
1: what I was just going to say. If you if you really want to work around. You
0: did touch each frame along the way. So you could say that's frame by frame. You're bringing back a lot of bad (laughs) emotions. I
1: know right now.
0: All the meanwhile, as we head into 2009 here, uh, between the Orange Bricks ending 2009, the Dragon Box is continuing. Dragon Ball Kai begins. And it's brought over here as Dragon Ball Z Kai. So that started releasing on home video in North America from Funimation in May 2010. And then we also got the uh, airings on TV, first on Nicktoons, and then the CW for Kids.
1: Which I believe it's still rerunning right now.
0: Uh, CW, I think, still has it. don't know. Don't have broadcast TV. Have no idea what's
1: on. Well, I flip through Saturday morning cartoons for my son, and I know I've (laughs) seen it.
0: That's a good enough excuse. So Kai, I mean, there's so much to talk about. The most important thing here is the music debacle. I mean, you probably know what Kai is if you're listening to us and reading our website. So it started in May, 2010. That's when we were getting the parts. They were the two disc sets that would have about you know 12 or 13 episodes each. And then they went back and started doing season box sets. Now they actually started these kind of preemptively. They did a version one of season one for Kai in October, 2011. And by that point, we were already thinking because 2011 Kai was already over in Japan uh, by October there is this going to be the Kikuchi replacement music well this season set came out and nope it was still the Kenji Yamamoto score that was on there and they did not continue these season sets anymore and in fact later released a press release announcing that they were going to start doing season sets like you already did start doing season sets so they kind of swept that one under the rug
1: it's kind of like uh these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs>
0: right right so that next one uh the kind of second official start of the kai season sets that started in may 2012 uh so about half a year later uh and those continued onward everything from there on out was kikuchi kai Uh, Parts five through eight always were. And then all of the season sets starting with version two of season one onward is all Kikuchi music. So that's why in my photo, you can see two different versions. One is the uh, Blu-ray copy of the first Yamamoto Kai and then a DVD season copy of Kikuchi Kai. So I think that's important to include there because
1: they should actually call that Kikuchi Kikuchi Kai.
0: Kai. (laughs) I mean, everyone does so Mm -hmm. might as well. Yamamoto Kai, Kikuchi Kai. Uh, I think it's worth including as two distinct releases because of uh, the music on there. And also because, I mean, I had a, a part and then a season. So same kind of thing you got going That's on true. There. Kai's working on there through 2012. And then in the meantime, starting in November of 2011, we get the Dragon Ball Z level sets on Blu-ray.
1: Which was just the oddest thing ever when Kai was going, because that was the first thing that everybody right, said.
0: Right, right. We, Wait, we, you're doing Kai. We have to all acknowledge that Kai was being advertised as DBZ for the HD era. That's what... Toei was touting it as, as what Funimation was bringing it over as, as updated, new, fresh, modern-looking version of DVZ for today's televisions. And thankfully, we got the proper 4x3 version of Kai on both the DVD and Blu-ray over in Japan. It was super weird. Their DVD standard def was cropped and their uh, Blu-ray HD was the original 4x3. But then we get uh, Funimation saying, nope, we're going to do our own HD remaster of Z. Now, I think... I mean, I remember talking about this for years. We all assumed, yeah, of course they're going to do an HD version. Kai kind of threw a a wrench into the mix there with, all right, well, here's an HD version. We all naturally assumed they would just take their Orange Brick Masters, which did have a 1080p master created that Franco did. They would just put that as is on Blu-ray. And thankfully, it turned out that is not what they did. And we got the level sets.
1: And we always... At least I did. I always had a theory that originally that was the plan, but once Kai came out... Yeah, then they looked like,
0: at it oh. like, oh my god, we can't put this out next to now Kai. Now we can't
1: just put the same thing out because we didn't do anything to it. Now we need to do something. Right.
0: And they did. Now, the I mean, the level sets, this was a period of announcement to cancellation in six months that was absurd. Announced at Comic-Con and then by the end of the year it was already done. Level 2-1 and 2-2 two, two. had cover art, episodes, all that. Uh, never officially came out, like so we only got.
1: They had release dates and oh yeah everything. yeah
0: we were right up against them coming out. It's like oh, nope they're not coming. So we got episodes one through seventeen and then uh, eighteen through thirty four with one one and one two. Now the level sets they were kind of I'm going to say a fun amalgamation of marketing for everything because if you look at the cover art it's got an orange spine so they're clearly channeling the orange bricks here in some way. I mean that's mm-hmm. that was a very very deliberate choice isn't the text on the back of goku there the the absurd hope of the universe uh yes so we've got that going straight to their die hard toonami nostalgia market while at the same time their advertisements for it if you remember the the people walking down the hallway in slow motion so it, it had this quirky fun sense to it but everything that they were talking about was again superbly authoritative and respecting everything about the arts. They were talking about mashing the color warmth and all that and showing their attention to detail, respecting the grain. Those were those words that they were talking about. So they they really mixed all of their marketing together. So Heath, was that the downfall? Did they market it too well to too broad in a way that they didn't click with anyone? Or was it because it was four by three? Or was it because Kai was going on? while they just finished the Dragon Boxes, while they just finished the Orange Bricks, none of us know.
1: Which is sad because this was the one release that I think almost everyone was really excited we, I, for.
0: Everyone was like 90% happy with what this was. Yes. I mean,
1: and at this point when you're 90% happy, I think that's a pretty good release. Right. I
0: mean, we're talking the three audio tracks on here, a four by three presentation, uh, a, a decent price point, uh, didn't have next episode previews and that kind of stuff, but
1: um, just the,
0: the the attention to detail. Maybe the blacks mm-hmm. were a little too dark, but everything else had a, a really I mean, great you can, color feel to you it. You can
1: go read our review of it. Uh, you on can't the because I never finished it.
0: Oh, what? Yep, it, it, it is like eighty percent written, and then by the time because I've just for two years now been so slow, I was like, well, this isn't even worth publishing anymore. Ah,
1: can't even promo our own stuff. This is terrible. I quit. You can go back
0: and, and listen to us talk about it
1: <laughs> um to me the biggest downfall of this release was kind of a combination of all three it was it uh, the fact that the the marketing and i think the majority of the general fan was so ingrained with having things widescreen if it was going to be a remaster that when and i read reviews of people that said i got the blu-ray sets there were black bars on the side i tried to zoom in but i couldn't and it's it's because it's a blu-ray it's encoded in widescreen so those black bars are encoded with that video so there's nothing you can do and People sold them back. They traded them in. They went on Amazon and sold them for super cheap to try to get some of their money back. And I think that was one of the larger downfalls to it. But then at the same time, again, Funimation is competing with itself. You have two HD releases coming out. Both say Dragon Ball Z. And there's no real clear distinction between the two.
0: Yes, the HD thing and the widescreen... I will concede a lot of people disappointed, not understanding why there's bars. At the same time, to my dying day, I will argue the timing. It was the right product for the wrong time. This was such a respectful, wonderful product that came out right at the end of the Dragon Boxes, which
1: is exactly what we just asked for. This is what? they would have held off until 2013 for this now. Yeah. These
0: level sets. I mean, these are going to be a piece of Dragon Ball history that we can look back at and be like, none of us are ever going to know.
1: I will throw mine in every once in a while and just watch it and go, this is beautiful. And that's the worst and it's part. In HD. This is
0: like, this is what we could have had.
1: Yeah, it just, it kind of kills you inside a little bit. It does. It, it hurts. Just, you get a little clumped.
0: Great product. Wrong time for all the right and wrong mm-hmm. reasons. Uh, it only got two releases November 2011 and December 2011. Funimation took a lot of what they learned, apparently, from these level sets with the new Blu rays. The new Blu rays, they don't channel the orange bricks in any way, which I'm a little surprised about because they're basically an update of. Version of that in lots of ways. The exact same episode count, the exact same widescreen presentation of those things, Uh, but there's no orange on the cover. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's smart because the level sets just kind of use that. So you don't want it to be too similar to the exact same thing you just had two years ago. And even though it kind of is, but this is another really weird product that makes a lot of sense were it not for the other things going on. Yes. So, Heath, my question to you is, and my question for Funimation, always will be and remains, why this, why now? What do you think?
1: I have the same answer that I have every time. I have no idea. I feel like we've had this discussion a million times of, why are they doing this now? And my answer is always, I don't know what they're thinking. It
0: was like the Rock the Dragon set, which is kind of the final proper item that we can mention here, which came out last August, which was uh, one single giant box set of everything we talked about earlier from ninety six to ninety eight, those fifty-three episodes plus the three movies. Um so technically it's a re release of, you know,
1: the first Raditz episodes. So one. you're hitting the nostalgia crowd. Right, right.
0: But the timing of that was weird because it's okay. Why now? And why now on a couple different fronts? One, because the same Kai levels upcoming Blu-rays. I mean, you have another product out there. But this is the kind of thing that you can market very separate from those. Because this is never going to appeal to the nine-year-old born every day. I'm sorry I have to toss that comment out there. But this one's never going to appeal to them because they have no memory of it. It's irrelevant to them. It's irrelevant to us. But this is how... A lot of us were first introduced to the anime in some capacity. Uh, So it makes sense. I'm just not sure why now. So I feel like this was a prime release for a 20th anniversary, but that would be another two three years and Mm -hmm. we've heard them talk about we're like oh you know it's hanging out there and we have it and we might as well release it i guess that makes sense i'm just not sure about the timing but from the sounds of it rock the dragon edition did what they expected it to do which is always the best answer we can get from funimation and the more niche dragon ball releases just like the dragon boxes yes it did what we expected it to do okay well i'm gonna write that off as a success
1: i suppose they made money and At this point, you know, as a business, that's what matters. Well, in Rock
0: the Dragon, it's not like that took any more licensing to do anything. There's no more work that had to be done other than authoring and putting the book together.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the material was all there.
0: So here we are with, uh, I don't even know what we call these. This is just season one of the Dragon Ball Z Blu-rays. There's no extra name to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I guess the orange bricks were that way too. So we got to come up with a, a name for this the blu-ray seasons i guess
1: that's kind of what i've been going with i think that's
0: what most people are doing yeah i mean because level was easy you
1: know it's nice to differentiate the two right
0: but uh we're getting so much more of the same frame by frame uh, attention to detail they're talking about um you know panning the scenes where they need to to make sure things are not just center cropped i know a lot of people have been throwing up examples of this uh i i Sorry, I forget who it was, but it was exactly what I was thinking about when you think back to the old Funimation Saban days when they would do digital zooms and sped up pans down on things to, yep. to speed things up for time mostly. But you get a little bit of that going on with the uh, the new season Blu-rays here. I almost called them level sets, even though I know that's not what it is. So Heath, we've come from Funimation starting their TV broadcast of DBZ in 1996 Arrival coming out on VHS in 97, all the way through 2014, the new Blu-ray levels. If we consider all the Arrival and Rock the Dragon stuff as one release, because it's Mm -hmm. exactly as is. So that's one, plus Ultimate Uncut, two, plus Orange Bricks, three, plus Dragon Box, four, plus Kai, it's like maybe five, five and a half. Let's just say five, plus Level, six plus Blu-ray season seven. So we're looking at, at the very least, seven distinct releases of Rabbits from Funimation.
1: That sounds about right. And on
0: all of these, Raditz is only on one cover. <laughs> oh my God, that's true. <laughs> I'm only just now noticing this. And Heath, all the meanwhile, I mentioned this earlier, Dragon Ball video games at their heyday. How many times have I played Raditz Taboo in a video game from 1996 oh, through 2014?
1: Let's go play Budokai. <laughs> Budokai. Budokai 2. I d- Budokai I three. don't know. Sparking one, two, three. Yeah.
0: So I have two, let's call them technicalities, to toss into the mix here as distinct releases. Heath, do you remember when we saw listings on Right Stuff that Funimation was going to be releasing El Encuentro de los Sayajins and El Plan de Piccolo? Yes. So Funimation put out and canceled mid-run DVDs that had the cover art of the ultimate uncut edition with the video remastering of the orange bricks with the latin american spanish dub
1: those were the days mike those
0: came out uh i think back in 2007 they only made it maybe like a half dozen in it was like well they canceled the ultimate uncuts for a second time they managed to do that and i think that's another reason why people were talking about the spanish dub like yeah it was on the ultimate uncuts and Okay, that was canceled. But then you actually started independently putting out the Spanish dub. So clearly you have it. Will you do something with it? I thought that was worth including there. So this is one of those is a really its own individual distinct release because it's the Spanish dub, which was on the Ultimate Uncuts. And it's the Orange Brickmaster, which is on the Orange Bricks. So Mark pointed this out to me on Twitter. I was like, you know what? All right. Fair point. So I ordered it for $4 so I can correct this.
1: I saw that. I will have this in. You are so gullible. I know. Just have to have it yep
0: the other let's call it technicality and this one is even less than that one the GameStop pre-order of the burst oh, limits God. on the xbox 360 <laughs> contained a bonus dvd that was literally just the first disc of the first orange brick which had episodes i think one through seven on it mm-hmm. that i do actually already own So I owned a 360 before I got my PS3. So I bought Burst Limit first on 360 and I pre-ordered it at GameStop because it came with the bonus disc and it came with the t-shirt. So that's where I got it. And then I later bought the PS3 version as well because I'm Vegito VX and I do stupid things. That I already own. So I can throw that into the mix as well. And I think those two flesh out the entirety of everything Funimation has ever released on home video of the very beginning of DBZ.
1: I am amazed, and possibly not in a good way.
0: We've been here for the entire thing.
1: I know, that's weird.
0: For all the wonderful content we have, Julian translating things incessantly, Jake doing the same thing, you arranging content, writing content, myself doing all the news, one thing that I'm so glad we have is a complete history of all of this. We've been here for the entire Mm -hmm. thing. I've basically been documenting the entire thing. I'm missing some early news updates from web pages that were never saved on anything, but our news archive does now date back all the way to 1998. You can see some of the news as, not some, all, pretty much all of this as it was coming out. As it
1: happened. That was one reason when we first combined was like, we have to go back as far as we can get all the news.
0: We have to go back. We have to. What, we become a bunch of assholes or something?
1: Maybe it was a mission.
0: It's your kids, we gotta do something about your kids. Yeah, and even the podcast started late two thousand five. So orange bricks, I know is a lot of people's favorite podcast episode. I don't understand mm-hmm. why, but uh, there it is.
1: And there has been interest mentioned to have Corey come back. <laughs> To review this. Yep,
0: we will so. talk about this probably in a couple of weeks time. I have to uh, pop one in and Heath, I will be sending you a copy as soon as those come in so we can check that out mm-hmm. together. But yeah, I mean every step along the way you can listen to us. Unfortunately, I think Ultimate Uncuts came in before we started the podcast. The podcast was November 2005 we started. Uh, but I do have a feature yeah. on the Ultimate Uncuts that you can check out uh, within the feature section. I think it's probably the first one down there. Uh, but Orange Bricks dragon box kai levels and then this new one coming up you can hear our thoughts at the time as they were all coming out
1: it's amazing how much has come out and so much time has passed i know i know it's weird but at the same time
0: it's not that many years and it's a lot of products
1: yes In comparison to most other series. Well, that's the
0: thing. I mean, only Evangelion is kind of rivaling Dragon Ball for how many times it's been re-released. And that finally came to a stop with the uh, implosion of ADV.
1: It's the only thing that was keeping them afloat. (laughs) Okay.
0: So where do we go from here, man? What do you think is next? What will be the next re-release of Dragon Ball Z? 3D. You think it's 3D? I don't know. I don't know. I think that was a proper prediction until the marketplace decided, you know what? Never mind on that whole 3D thing.
1: I've said that the second they started releasing us. This is the stupidest thing ever.
0: So then the next thing would be 4K. And the last thing you want is this 16 millimeter film in 4K.
1: I don't know. You can really take the blemishes out on that.
0: That would be a... I mean, we're, you're pushing the max of what you can see in 1080p. Mm-hmm. And we have to make it clear. 1080p of the original 4x3 framing. Because if you do 1080p of a widescreen master, you're cropping and then you're further zooming in to get to Correct. that point. So you're, you're losing resolution by doing that. To make that clear. So beyond this, is it just recollections for a while. I hope so. Like seasons 1 through 9 eventually that'll be the default thing. Something people have always asked about is can I just buy one thing that gets me 1 through 291? Wake me up when I can buy 1 through 291 with one
1: purchase. We've and that's, never that's had that's that. always been I know our qualm with all of this is every other series you get one through whatever the series is, well, you can no. just go buy it's it. It's not like
0: you can buy all of Naruto or well, all of Bleach or especially all of One right. Piece. Dragon Ball is so long. I mean, even it Japan is, had to break it into two.
1: It is just one of those series that proper release, you're kind of on your own to piece things together as best you can. And
0: that's the worst thing is people always ask us, okay, what should I buy? And there's no way to answer this question.
1: Well, it always depends on what you're looking for to begin with you know uh, and what you care about what you hold near and dear right
0: this is what's best for us versus what's best for you from what you want to see versus how much you're willing to spend all
1: that so it's one of those odd opinion based questions and then when you do give your opinion it's wrong <laughs> no, and you don't know why right <laughs>
0: So still same question. Is that what we're doing next? Is it just repackaging? So are we going to see one through nine or is there going to be some other type of thing? What do you think?
1: Uh, At this point, I don't know where they can possibly go. I'm going to go with repackaging.
0: Is it going to be a four by three remaster? (laughs) Are we going to see that sold to us later on again?
1: That very possibly could happen. That's the only logical next thing I can think of. If they're going to do that, they better make a lot of money or... If they are going to do that, at least run it up through the episodes we don't have in 4.3 and then cancel it. Stop teasing me and getting so close to getting into an episode that has never been released in 4.3 that's still available and then canceling because that gets really annoying (laughs) for a lot of people.
0: We're talking about episodes 35 through about 68, 67, 68. Yeah. Unless you bought Dragon Box 2, there is mm-hmm. zero way for you to buy a legitimate North American product of those episodes in 4x3 on cut yay and sure it's like oh it's only a few episodes suck it up but i would happily spend my money i did i mean i bought dragon box Mm -hmm. too so i did my part but a lot of people like you know at the time i couldn't afford it and now i'm boned and
1: it's just it's odd to have a scenario where a fan of a series wants to own the entire thing and they go out and they can't buy what they want because it's not there.
0: Well, you have that if you take it to the anime industry as opposed to just the TV industry, which Dragon Ball right. kind of falls into. But I'm, more I'm talking
1: about a series that's readily available right, right. in its entirety. And let alone the fact that if you do have a fan that likes Dragon Ball, likes Dragon Ball Z and GT, they can own two of those series in their entirety, in their original format. Right. But one? Yeah. No, you're screwed. Right. That's what I find odd. Happy 2014, Heath. <laughs> I know. I mean, really, I'm I'm not super down about it, but I'm it's really just not. one of those things that it, it kind of gets to you a little bit, you know? I have
0: no more feelings.
1: I know. I, I am dead on the inside.
0: There's nothing left for <laughs> me.
1: You know, the 2007 version of Heath would probably be a lot more upset.
0: And we had reason to be back then. It's easy for us right now to sit back and look at our Dragon Boxes. You both, the Japanese Dragon Box and the North American Mm -hmm. Dragon Boxes.
1: Which is very nice. I
0: mean, I've got some sporadic R2s here and there, and I've got all the American ones. It's easy, really easy for us to sit back as adults and be like, well, I bought what I wanted. But Dragon Ball is a series that appeals to all ages, and there are a lot of people that are 10, 15 years younger than us that have the same artistic tendencies as us that can't buy what they want. and yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Maybe someday. Maybe. That's what we want next, Funimation. Give us the 4 by 3s We'll be here in another two years for you to announce it. That's
1: what we wanted this time. We'll be ready. <laughs> We're going
0: to bring it to a close, man.
1: I suppose so. It, it's been a fun trip down Nostalgia Road. Yeah. You know, back to 1996. It's crazy. That's just crazy how much has happened.
0: I'm going to go pop in my Arrival VHS. Not even the Rock the Dragon set, the VHS. <laughs> You're
1: going to watch that movie? In fact,
0: you know what? Not even the Arrival VHS. My taped-off wb episodes there you go
1: now that's that's hardcore uh
0: let's wrap things up by tossing out there that uh konzenshu runs month to month in part especially right now because we're a few months behind in terms of what donations cover we're not even talking about being able to review things we're talking about literally keeping the lights on the server that runs the site uh your donations are appreciated that's what it helps do. It doesn't matter what you like about the site. It can be the podcast. It can be the translations. It can be the news. Any part of KonZenshu that you like, donations help keep that going. Anything that you can uh, toss our way with a little bit of New Year cheer, always appreciated. Check out the donate page of the website. I think I'm a month behind right now in terms of who covers what months. But like I mentioned, we're also a couple months behind in terms of simply paying. The, I mean, I pay the bills every month. Uh <laughs> as seen by the site still being online but in terms of what you can do to help offset that uh appreciated don't like to mention it but we kind of do have to mention it because there's a direct correlation with when i mention it versus when things come in so uh that's it that's it Heath. yes mike we done i think so all right this was three five two of the podcast hopefully we'll see julian next week
1: hopefully i hope he gets better Yes,
0: rest up, sir. So uh, I've
1: got to review all my predictions from last year, anyway. I know I haven't
0: even listened to him yet because I knew he
1: was sick, so I didn't bother. Yeah, I'm afraid Forget him.
0: I'm so scared. I
1: I don't even want to know what I predicted. I think we all said point. we'd
0: see Battle of Gods in America,
1: but uh, yeah, I believe I said something along the lines of imported. It, it would come out through Fox, but not with Funimation voices. I can't remember what I said. No, no, something crazy I, that I pulled out of my ass.
0: Now, if we don't just bring it to a close, we'll just keep talking about nonsense. So, Heath, I thank know. you, sir. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yep, so for Heath, for Julian, for Jake, and Mary, who I could not drag down because she is enthralled with Persona 4. She's been of here the whole time, she too. Is. She's like, ah, you know what? I'm going to play video games. Like, really? I put down Zelda to go record a podcast. You can't put down Persona. I see how it is.
1: That's love. See,
0: it is love. Uh, www.kanzenshuu.com. That is Kanzenshu. Check us out. Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, uh, YouTube. You can listen to the podcast there as well if you want. We haven't done a live episode in a long time. We should consider that. We've got Ooh. to come up with something to do. That's a good idea. Maybe a fundraiser. I don't know. I guess we'll see. We shall see. That's it. I'm done. All right. I've been I'm going to get
1: back to uh, some scripting. That not stuff.
0: You do that. Wrap up mm-hmm. the show first.
1: Okay. Thank you for joining us on Constant You the podcast. We hope you enjoyed this trip down memory lane with a arrival up through the upcoming Dragon Ball Z season 1 Blu-ray sets. Enjoy